Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where each week I get to talk to wonderful creative people about the amazing industry that we are all in. And this week I am interviewing, oh my goodness, the wonderful Melanie Masson. Now you may recognise that name. Melanie was on The X Factor a couple of years back and she is incredibly talented, but more than that, she is an absolutely wonderful person to speak to. We speak about female empowerment, we speak about her music, we speak about equality, we speak about the industry of making music. It is a really fantastic interview and I'm sure you're going to absolutely love it. We also play her song Why Don't You Love Me which really really shows off Melanie's powerhouse voice. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. Here is the wonderful, the very very talented Melanie Masson. So I am joined by Melanie Masson, who is a recording artist, singer-songwriter. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Pleasure. Nice to talk to you. So I like to start with this question and I ask it to um, the artists, the performers that I interview, because I think it's nice if you describe your own practice for the listeners. So can you do that for us? Yeah. So um, I would say that I'm primarily... Um, influenced by soul music, by classic soul. So my sound is very authentic to that era. I love everything from the late 60s and early 70s. Um, So that would be sort of what I would call old school R&B, which is more like the Aretha Franklin, Otis Redding, James Brown. I love Etta James. I love um, the sort of rock soul uh, sound as well, which is, I'd say, Tina Turner and The Stones. And so it's a real mix of um of soul with a little bit of blues and a little bit of rock so I'd say it was kind of rock and soul but certainly classic and it's very passionate it's very raw it's full of energy and motion it's honest and it's all live musicians and, and just music that moves you it's music that moves me and music that hopefully will move and touch the heart and soul of the listener beautifully described I'm sure you probably heard her we're going to talk about your experience on the x factor but she has such a powerhouse voice oh my god so I just want to say that as well that you have such an kind of authenticity to your sound and your I mean your voice is just phenomenal so I'll say that for you because I know you'll be polite and lovely about it and how did you become a singer-songwriter did you have formal training yes so I grew up in a very musical family my family are all in in the show business I suppose you would say um my mum was a um, dancer she started off as a ballerina and then became a dancer and she was in movies and shows and then she was a choreographer and then had a stage school my stepdad was a um, musician a jazz guitarist and a ranger and he worked with all sorts of people like Ella Fitzgerald and Shirley Bassey and um Oh, I don't know, people like Elaine Page and all kinds of people. He had his own orchestra. And then my my dad um, was a comedian and um, <clears throat> an impressionist and a singer. He was signed to Decca Records back in the day. So I suppose <laughs> in some ways it was inevitable. It was in my blood that I would want to perform. So I started performing from a really young age and I was singing and I was dancing. Then I went to drama school. I had three years at drama school. I studied music and drama. Then I was signed to EMI and then I was signed to lots of other labels. And then I sang I was on the dance scene so I was doing sort of session vocals and working with Pink and um, Sean Ryder and Stereophonics, Kasabian 
so I was just I, I was actually really lucky in my career before X Factor that I got to have such a, a varied career and to make a living out of it you know to be able to do the thing that I loved even though it was different forms of it I feel like I kind of was really lucky and have covered a lot of areas in the entertainment industry but recording and being in the studio and creating and writing and working with musicians and producers and creating something that is your own is so special to me and just remains my passion and I absolutely love that and live performing live with the band let's get straight into your experience on the x factor there's so many questions i want to ask you about your current work so we'll cover this you an x factor contestant in the final in 2012 firstly congratulations what was that experience like that was crazy (laughs) fabulous and crazy and like nothing i have ever experienced and remember that i was one of the older ones if you like and i had had a lot of experience had had stopped performing really just so i could be a full-time mum and I was really lucky that I could do that because my husband is an actor Forbes Masson and he does a lot of theatre and um, TV and film and he's a writer director and as well singer and he was really lucky that he got a really long contract at the Royal Shakespeare Company so he had guaranteed work for about eight years I think it was which gave me the luxury and it was a luxury and a privilege to be with the kids full time. So I wasn't really doing, I was only doing bits and pieces where I could take the kids with me, um, like recording sessions that the kids came to. I did little concerts now and again that they were always there. And then I started my little under fives class just because I felt uninspired by some of the music classes I was taking the, the kids to, you know. I wanted to create something magical and fairy-like. So I wrote this little storyline and wrote the songs and adapted songs and uh, did it in my local community centre and it started off just for friends and neighbours and then it just suddenly really grew and took off it was like a little mini theatre show every week and um, I ended up doing like two and it was two, two a day and then I was building it up and I was going to tour it around and then um, a friend of mine from um, you know when I was really actively performing a manager contacted me and said look the voice had just happened and people were comparing the talent from the voice to X Factor and saying the voice was really strong and it, was all, it wasn't it was centred about the story and everything. So they were looking for people that had more experience. I went and sang for them. And then a few days later, they said, would you come and sing for the judges? I was really fearful about it. I was fearful because I already did have a career. And I just thought reality TV is a bit of a risk because you don't know how you'll be perceived or how you'll be shown. And I stopped doing it. And it, it was actually the best decision I ever made. I just thought this is an amazing opportunity just to see if an audience on a massive scale will like what I'm doing, will like my music, will get me. I wasn't getting the opportunity to do the classic soul thing. Like when I was signed to EMI, I gave them music. Even then I was about 24 or something. And I gave them this the classic soul music. And they were like, yeah, but that's not really what's happening in the charts. So you know, put you down this route, do pop dance, do this, do that, do that. And it ended up not being something true. So most deals I'd been in, I didn't get that opportunity, I think. This for me was kind of a, a an opportunity to say, well, this is what I want to do. I never went into it to try and win. I was never competitive about it. I just wanted the platform. I was, was happy actually with just my audition going out, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But to get into the, the, the finals was amazing. The whole process was like nothing you would ever experience. You think watching it, oh, it's really easy. They're only singing once a week. You know, I've watched it and seen people crying on the show. And me and my husband are like, what are they crying for? She's only singing a song. But you know, it's a whole different thing when you're actually in it. Because it's, it's like 
non-stop filming so the minute you get up you're filming for if it's not x factor it's the extra factor it's the onlines it's the the socials it's like you always got the camera ready you have no control of your life which is actually quite nice in a way because you've got no responsibility <laughs> it is literally a whirlwind I remember one occasion my god this is really funny usually they put all the contestants in a big house but they didn't we were in a really really posh hotel called the Corinthian Hotel I got a knock on the door one day I was Caroline Caroline was away and I got a knock on the door and this woman says oh I've come to give you a, an all-over body scrub for a tan and I was like oh okay <laughs> so she took me into the shower and literally just scrubbed me down, showered me off. And I went, okay, thanks, bye. So she left. And it was only afterwards I thought, who was that? Was well, she even with the show? Well, I didn't even ask for ID or anything. She just came in, shower <laughs> with me, and then just let <laughs> The best part about it is when you get to do the music, when you get to, to you know, work on your songs, and you're with the sound team, and Gary Barlow was my mentor, so... That was, wasn't a chore hanging out with Gary Barlow. So, um, but do you know what? I really, even at my age and how much experience I had had, it was still quite an experience. And I got so much out of it. I got a fantastic fan base. I got a profile. I got so much work and opportunities and led me to, to here. So, you know, I've got a lot to be thankful to that program and everybody involved in it and all the producers who were so lovely to me. That sounds amazing. I'm still I'm still thinking about some stranger scrubbing me in the shower and how much I would hate that. Um but so <laughs> um, the category you were in was over twenty eight. Have you experienced this sort of stigma with female musicians and performers over a certain age? How do you feel about the sort of climate of of opportunity of, as a woman? Yeah, I th- I think there is. I think it has been an imbalance towards females and males in the music industry. I think particularly in the music industry. I do thankfully think it's changing because I I, I think having the internet and all the social and media platforms that we now have available to us have changed not, not only how people are listening, but how they're viewing, how they're approaching artists. You know, when I started in the music industry, when I was still at drama school, you know, being 18, 19, 20, there were several massive, well, actually more than several, there there was a lot of major record labels that everybody wanted a record deal and everybody was desperate to be signed by a major. There were independents, but it was the major labels, you know, in the days of, you know, there was EMI and uh, Polydor and Mercury and Ireland and Sony and Columbia. And, you know, they all had massive funding. They were giving out massive advances. So subsequently, there was a handful of people that were making decisions about what the public were getting access to. Because you couldn't put your own music out, really. The suits were making all the decisions. They were deciding, right, we want somebody like this, we want someone like that, and it's got to be that age. But that's not the case anymore because people are having success and releasing independently. There are so many streaming platforms. Unfortunately, I don't think there's as much money being made in the record industry with record sales because of online streaming platforms. But you are able to reach millions of people from your living room. You know, from not even moving, you're not relying on somebody saying, yes or no, we're not going to put your record out. Of course, there's still labels. Of course, there's still great record labels out there. But the artist has more control. And what I've always said is when you listen to a record on radio or wherever you listen to it, 
you hear a track and you go, oh my God, what is that track? I love that. That's the first thing you say. You don't go, how old is that person? You know, or what you, 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 you're either drawn and touched and moved by a piece of music or you're not. Um, and I think it's only pop music that that really applies to. And I, but not just in music. I mean, there's always been stigmas against women, I think, at whatever age, either too young, too old, too big, too small, you're this, you're that. Um, generally in life. I do remember when I was signed, I'm sure it's not the case anymore, but there were A&R men that I was working with. And one of them said to me, their criteria on how they sign a female artist, aside from the talent and the voice, was... They either have to want to marry her or spend the night with her. But it wasn't in that term. There was another word they used, which I shan't say. But um, so that was that was the, the model back then. <laughs> I think we're in a much healthier place. I think the right conversations have been had. We're moving in the right direction. And I think overall, it's a much more positive place to be for a female artist. And I hope that we continue to move in that direction as well. Now, your single that was released back in September, Why Don't You Love Me? It is a cover of Beyonce's original song of the same name. Can you tell us some of the ideas behind your adaptation of the song? I loved it, by the way. And we're going to play it at the end for the listeners. Oh, thank you. Um, Beyonce is just like, what can you say about her? She's otherworldly. I mean, she can do it all. She can do anything. So I'm a massive fan to start with. But um, the rest of the album, I have written well I've done a few other covers but I've written a lot the majority of it but when I heard this track there was something in it that just I, I don't know I just really kind of related to the lyrics and thought I could turn this into a, a really strong like a northern soul track just the beat of it the rhythm the chord progression but the lyrics to me it's called why don't you love me um tell me baby why don't you love me you, it's not a like, oh, why don't you love me? Look at me, oh, please. It's not that. It's to me, I felt the lyric was really defiant. It was really strong as saying, why don't you love me? How can you not love me? Look at me. Look, I've got this, I've got that, I've got that. You know, like your loss. And it's not a comment to a man, although if somebody relate or, or a woman or whoever is, if that's how someone wants to interpret it or relate to it. But my own interpretation of it was more to society. And for all the reasons that we talked about, about whether, and for all women, all women, anyone who feels invisible or ignored because of whatever reason, whether someone thinks they're too young to be able to handle something or they think they're too old or they're, um, you know, their ethnicity, their background, their sexuality. Um, you know, I have, trans women in the video as well I, I have um people of, of of different abilities of special needs you know anyone that feels that someone has put them down or made them feel they're less than capable or able to do something whatever it is whether it's a job it's performing it's a relationship it's like people from all walks of life whatever their situation is this is for us for them you know for people who feel that way it's like why don't you love me look what I can do look how capable look how strong I am look how wonderful I am I'm visible I'm here and I'm able and I'm equal that was my um that's that's my thoughts behind it another great answer <laughs> knocking these out of the park Melanie you mentioned in the video that you, you you recruited some women to be part of this um this video experience with you and I know that that also speaks about your ideas of empowerment can you talk a little bit about how that video came together that was such a special day filming that video um so basically 
so, so I was signed to a label for four years. For me, it just was a natural time to split from them because they were lovely people and they had a, 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 an amazing roster of, of artists. I mean, amazing roster of artists. I was really proud to be within that roster. But I was kind of, I think, lower down in the, in the pecking order in terms of getting releases out. Um, and after four years of kind of waiting, 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 I just thought, you know what? I don't want to wait anymore. I'm going to be brave. And especially when 2020 happened, when it turned everything upside down, I just thought this is the time to just throw caution to the winds because who knows what's around the corner. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be strong. And I'm just going to cut my ties. I'm doing it myself. So I got out of the contract in April, but I'd filmed the video already in February before lockdown. So what I did was I wanted it to be all about women, all about empowerment and a celebration of women. My amazing godmother, Sheen, um, she lives in Romford in Essex. And I said I wanted it to be like an all-girl, all-female band, all-women audience of all types of fabulous women from no actors or actresses, just women coming together. Um, so she had this amazing venue that she, she'd found called Heart and Soul. Unfortunately, it's been hit by COVID and has closed down, which is extremely sad because it's a really cool venue. And they gave me the venue to use. Um, I had my female band and I just recruited people on the street. I spoke to the local uh, radio station, Time FM, who did an interview and put a shout out. I spoke to the local newspaper in Romford, who also ran an article. Basically, I street cast. I went into the, the street and went up to people and said, you know, I'm shooting a video in two weeks. Would you be interested in, you know, doing it? And so I didn't know how many people would turn up and it, it was packed of fabulous women. I did it myself, so I had no budget to pay anybody. Um, we had an amazing video company from, from Essex called Real Fast Productions, and they did a brilliant job. My best friend directed it, Simone Labib. She's an actress, done loads of TV, and uh, my daughter was in the band. My godmother's a musician, so she was in it. Anyway, it was the most spectacular. It was like therapy, because every woman that came down that day had a story to tell and had an amazing story to tell. They were kind of finding their confidence. They were doing this because they'd always wanted to do it. They were doing this because they'd come out of a really unhappy relationship. They had maybe lost people in their lives. They had lost their job. They, they, everybody was coming from a place of of needs, feel fulfilled to... to, to some were terrified and kind of edging by the door. And you know what? By the end of the shoot, I, I think the joy that's in that video and expressions of the women dancing, you cannot act that, you cannot fake that. And all of those women that are just joyous were there because we were all feeling something magical in the room. It was like everything that everybody needed, they got right there on that day. And and people were thanking me for be, for, for, for organising. I was like, oh my God, thank you. I needed you to be in this. I was so happy with how it turned out. It was everything I wanted it to be. It's a celebration. Women, all women, all womanhood. There's a lot to celebrate as well, isn't there? There absolutely is. There's a lot to celebrate. And women are, I mean, we are amazing. And I always say as well that you don't have to just be a woman to love it. If you're feeling like you need to be kind of represented in this way, come along, join the ride. This is, it is all 
encompassing. That's what I like about the feminist movement as well, is that it's about inclusivity. And I think that that's so important in a world where we seem to be intent on dividing people. You can watch that video on YouTube, and you definitely should. If you type in Why Don't You Love Me or Melanie Masson, it will come up. Now, what's the name of your record label as well? I'd like to give that a shout out because that's really impressive. Thank you. It's called All About Eve Records. It's going to be run by all women. Obviously, I'm putting my music out and I would like to be in a position soon to be able to help other female artists as well. I, I don't know of any all-female labels, and I would like to encourage that. Fantastic. And I also want to talk about you. So you write your own music as well. You have many, many talents. Do you take inspiration from similar ideas about empowerment? Or, you know, what, what is the inspiration behind the music that you write? Do you know what? It has to be something that I'm feeling or something that touches me. Or, do you know what? I'm not a prolific writer. Some people are really good at writing to order. So they'll go into the studio at 10 and finish at 6 and they'll have a song. I don't seem to be able to write in that way. I'm not great at going, right, I'm going to write a song now, Um, which is probably why it takes me so long. But when I do write a song, it's really fast. I just get everything, see everything, like in a flash. And then I'll maybe tweak and play around with the lyrics a little bit. But I wish I could control it in that way, but it's, it's kind of like a bolt of inspiration. Usually when I'm, you know, when my brain is switched off, like when I'm driving, when I was touring, I was writing loads of songs because I was driving, driving, driving. And it's almost like the conscious part of your brain is switched yeah. off, which allows the creative part or wherever you're in tune with the universe to, to stream in. The music that I really love that I've been writing, it just kind of comes to me. This record, this album that I've been working on is all about strength, empowerment and inspiration and stories of, of, of strength and, and being you and being your best self and, and, and achieving what you, you want. It will be true. It will be a fr- songs of my life or, or songs about people that have touched my life. You know, some are, are stories about people that have gone through something that has moved me or touched me and inspired me in that way. I'm toying with the idea of calling it songs for women like me because I think the subjects are very relatable to women of all ages. It's, it's you know, that we have all gone through. It's going to be inspirational and hopefully motivational and it will be feel-good songs, but it will be authentic and it will be real and it will be honest. Do we have a release date or we don't have an album name yet, but do we have a rough release date about when listeners can, can find out about your album? I've got some more things to record and I can't go into the studio right now. I've got an amazing producer that I love. He's called Tristan Longworth. He is a guy, but he's, he's Tristan Longworth. And he is just a, a, a genius. The music that I love and I, I want to do, he's so authentic. When I first heard his music on the radio about nine years ago he did a cover um or he produced a cover of mercy by duffy with this band called the third degree and when i heard it on the radio i actually questioned whether duffy had done a cover version of an old 60s northern soul record because this this record he produced was so authentic and so brilliantly done um, and when I found out it was a new record, I was like, oh my God, who's that producer? I've got to... So I, I tracked him down like a stalker. So eventually when I got signed after X Factor, the first thing I said is, I've got my producer. So he's done all the production. He produced Why Don't You Love Me? So as soon as I can get in and finish the album with him, that's when it'll be ready. Um, I'm hoping it will be next summer. Realistically, with COVID and everything else, and by the time I put out a few more singles, I reckon it will be it'll be 
well into next year. But it is coming and I will be putting out singles and maybe an EP meanwhile. But it will be worth the wait. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. Me too. And as I said just now, you can go to YouTube and listen to Why Don't You Love Me. It'll give you a taste of Melanie's fantastic voice. Melanie, where can listeners go to find out more about you generally and follow what you're up to? Well, all the socials. It's Melanie Masson with two S's. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Melanie Masson one I'm on Facebook, the official Melanie Masson. I'm on Instagram, melanie.masson.official. The fake Melanie Masson on Instagram has got more followers than I have, so that's very depressing. But <laughs> And um, you can download Why Don't You Love Me for 79 pits um, at Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer and Apple. And it's Why Don't You Love Me by Melanie Masson. I love to keep in touch with people. That's just joyous. Um, people that have been following me and and giving me messages, I always answer back because I think it is such an honour to have people contact you and talk to you and say you've given them, I don't know, enjoyment out of music or that's what I do and that's why I do it. So um, thank you to everyone who's already streamed it and made contact and I hope everyone else loves it and will come and say hi fantastic Melanie thank you so much for talking to me today it's been a real pleasure thank you for having me and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you I feel like I've known you for years like we're just gonna have a little girly chat now (laughs) I'm gonna play you to fade out Melanie Masson why don't you love me enjoy
Do you feel empowered listening to that? I definitely do. That voice though, God, just amazing, amazing, amazing voice. And it really touched me when she described filming that video and how she basically just walked the streets and asked people to be involved. And so many women from different walks of life came forward. And uh, I don't know, if, if COVID's taught us anything, it's that we are better when we work together. And that's such a powerful message. Um, Melanie, you were an absolute delight to speak to. I hope you do go and download Melanie's music. Visit Visit her on social media, send her a message. She sent you an invitation to do so. <laughs> so take her up on that. In the meantime, I hope you're all getting very, very Christmassy. I bought my tree the other day. Um, it's huge, way too big for my flat in London, but I don't care, much to my boyfriend's displeasure on that. I don't know about you, but I take Christmas tree decorating very, very seriously. So every bauble has to be placed equidistant to the surrounding baubles. Oh God, I sound terrible. I take it very seriously. My tree is a work of art to me. <laughs> so I will be posting some pictures of it on social media, no doubt. You can follow me at Anna Gammons Art on Instagram, which is probably the best way to contact me if you wish to do so. That is all we've got time for this week. But thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. Look after each other, wash your hands, wear your masks, and I'll see you next week.